the last day that can really be considered a festive period of any kind. I've had a whirlwind the last couple of weeks, but now it's January 2nd. And instead of tromping through the woods like is my normal custom, searching for Sasquatch, snowshoe, and cross-country skiing, I'm uh, just finishing up my last significant vaporizer session before things kind of get back to normal, you know, like uh, regular routines and responsibilities and tasks and so on, right? Uh, just was up in a Cousin Herb's rooftop place looking, well, it's not like a rooftop, it's like looking down on like this sparkly view, hunkered in and ripped down a few, <laughs> a few bags, the last of the tasty beers from my trip to Nelson, uh, and, uh, well, said goodbye to the last couple of weeks, which has included a fair bit of partying. And, uh, you know, you're always in my back pocket wherever I go, right? And pardon me if I'm a little bit out of breath. As usual, I'm rushing to catch uh, a bus. And after enjoying uh, <laughs> uh, the, the crumbles of hash on that last bowl for the road, it's, uh, I've got to make sure to keep my equilibrium while I, while I hustle for the stop. Ah, uh, so... Uh, before I forget, you know, I uh, I wanted to remind myself of a few things that uh, happened over this last year, uh, as is uh, my usual uh, practice, as well as break down a couple of the, a little bit of the uh, incidents and hijinks I got up to in Nelson, uh, lest I forget to catch catch up on this some other time. So, uh, all right, so I'm coming up to the stop here, so I'm either really late or really early. We'll see how I do. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, festive period is pretty hectic and, you know, I've had a pretty long and busy year filled with all sorts of interesting activities. You know, for me, the big thing that changed, uh, is a gut feeling a lot better. Sort of a lot of my uh, health problems that were ailing me and started to get my, uh, my groove back, but oh my goodness, it was tough sledding getting there. But it was, you know, around this time last year, I was sitting around Rice Lake just going, you know, I got to shake some things up in my life. Shake up succeeded, life remixed, off on all kinds of new adventures. You know, this year the highlights included this huge uh, adventure that we did with the True North Media House at the Olympics and being able to turn all kinds of grassroots documentarians, deputizing people into a renegade task force of documenting this people's history and what it looked like on the ground and remixing this whole identity and, you know, it was a lot of fun. That was also a big challenge for me coming through. There's a lot of tension and negativity taken away from something I thought would be really fun, but it ended up working out great and got to outreach to all sorts of other major mainstream media outlets and collaborate with some of my best buds and have a ton of fun at all the hospitality houses. Oh, my, from the Holland House, the German House, Canada's Northern House. Oh, my goodness. The Molson Brewery. Oh, well, you've heard the stories already. Did all those Olympic Outsider podcasts during that time. And then right after that, before I had a moment to slow down, it was off to Seattle with the tour of Sub Pop Records, Toronto, the Hockey Hall of Fame, and then down to Austin, Texas for South by Southwest again. Again, rallied up a bushel of podcasts to take you along to that and try and provide a little bit of perspective, uh, you know, as I have in the past, but this time it's a little bit of a different story. I was only at interactive this time, not uh, music, but found all sorts of fun to be had for sure. 
and then kind of went into a long period of healing and and you know I did a few speaking gigs along the way in there right and but it took a long period of healing before I was back in action for trip to Comasket Music Festival, interviews with the Whalers and Oka and all these other great bands, Lake Time Paddles in the Canoe. And then it was uh, my big uh, UW40, my big birthday party. Oh, I think that might be a bus coming. It was all sorts of great folks coming up to visit. Now, there's been a whole bunch of other stuff in there, right? Uh, you know, Halloween at the Waldorf Hotel, visits from from friends far and wide, which is always a lovely, lovely thing. All sorts of, going to see all sorts of bands, the usual assortment. But you know, getting uh, getting feeling a little bit healthier is about as good as they come. But anyway, I needed a little bit of downtime, and sometimes this festive period of year can take a lot out of you because there's a lot of family obligations and a lot of stuff to do. And yeah, I try to represent and make sure everyone's having a good time and taking care of everyone. Let me see. I'm just looking to see if this is this. Capilano you that's not me not me um, but uh, sometimes you just need to take a little bit of a roadie instead right so this year uh, pointed directions east to the town of Nelson which is a town I've been visited in about 1992 at a hemp fest one summer traveling around with uh, some folks in a van as it were selling flower sticks and drums and hemp backpacks and ended up in this town and uh had never been back. It was a neat little town, right? And it's got a reputation. Well, it's you know got a brewery, it's got a good organic food, it's got great herb, and, and it just seemed like a nice place to get away to. So tracked down a hotel, kind of an old historic hotel, and uh, got a room in there and just hunkered down for the whole week throughout all the holiday period, right? And it's kind of neat when you can just move into one of these hotels and you get to know all the staff. There's not too many people there during. Oh, here's me coming. All right. We're going to hop aboard the bus here, and we'll catch up with the story on the other side of the ride. So note to self, tell you about uh, Nelson and the Christmas Day trip on the ferry and things of that nature. Hemp Harvest Ale. Okay, I'm going to attempt to do the song by Charlie Parker, Donnelly. Ah, I have faith in that. Must go with faith. Mingus and Nico Savage Blades, the name of the band. Just check it out.com, Scotty. 
and it's just one of these amazing nights in Vancouver. It's pretty freaking absurd. So way up at the very top of, uh, of Lin Kang, pretty much as far up as you can get on a bus, right? And uh, there's this little uh, park at the stop where I got off specifically so I could come here and uh, kill this last beer I got in my pack here and, and uh, catch up with you guys. And, uh, and Orion's just right there hanging out at Orion's belt. And just like the, the sky is completely clear. It's really uh, crisp and all frosty out here, so it's just the whole the whole thing just sparkling and glowing up here, and all the barren trees are all stark against the sky. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, part of me telling you all that that was great about this year is uh, to say thanks to, for you guys for coming along, eh? Uh, because like. Last year and the last few years, I've been having a lot of problems and struggling along, you know, to keep it uh, to keep it chuglet at full speed. And a lot of people did a lot of nice things for me and so on. So, uh, you know, thanks for that, eh? Uh, but there I was in Nelson because I wanted to get away for the holidays and uh, just like have a little bit of seclusion. And I a little had some vague familiarity with this town, but uh, uh, I didn't really know, quite know to, what to expect. So we've got a room in this old historic hotel that's been there as long as the town has been there in itself, 1895 or 30, you know, 75 or something. Fred and Lydia Hume started this hotel back in the day, and we stayed there up on the top floor with a little kitchenette, meaning a little funky place to shoehorn in a stove and a, and a fridge so we could rack it full of beer and uh, all kinds of tasty snacks so we can enjoy leisure time in the, uh, in the room. And it was great because within the hotel there is... Uh, Who's that satellite or plane? Oh, <laughs> ah, sparkling. Anyway, uh, um, so we could hunker in the room, but in the hotel, there's an assortment of lounges and restaurants and bars. We could go down in our slippers and just become one with the hotel. So uh, Christmas Eve, we went up to these great uh, hot springs. Uh, it was a um, great day to go because it's not a popular activity for folks to do on Christmas Eve to go to the hot springs and you know I'm someone who's really partial to the primitive remote hot springs hike it in you know can just go in there all natural and free in the hot soaking mineral waters unadulterated by any sort of chemicals that have been added to it but uh, these ones Ainsworth uh, well there's hot first of all there's hot springs like that around there but I'm talking two three hours away right and after driving up there through all these mountain passes with the compact snow, slippery sections, conditions, I uh, didn't have to chain up, which was great, but you go over a lot of different passes along the Crow's Nest Highway to get out there. And all these little towns I'd always heard about in B.C. that I wasn't really quite sure what they were like. I've seen them all now, right? I can uh, plot them all on the map. Grand Forks, which is filled with the Russian folks. You can get borscht everywhere, but the town is blaring Christmas music on the streets but the streets look like a ghost town the cafes were confused but I got a really good matcha there and it's any town you can get a good matcha soy matcha latte because uh, I'm that high maintenance it's got to be pretty good I did try and find a plate of pierogies to, to no avail but it was just uh, 
I had to keep rolling. Anyway, Castlegar and with the Duke of Boar settlement, which I got to tell you about. Anyway, we ended up in uh, Nelson, and, and uh, on Christmas Eve, we drove out to the Ainsworth Hot Springs. And there's a big pool, but the great part is there's this crazy cave. And the water's about uh, waist deep. Uh, well, let's say just to call it a meter, right? And uh, it winds back in all these crazy caves. And they're dug into the side of the mountain where the water is coming out of. And there's all these kind of natural stalagmites and stalactites uh, growing in there. And there'll be uh, cracks where there'll be a uh, rivulet, powerful, riv- you know, spurt of the hot springs water. And there'll be little back caves where you can kind of nestle in and almost make like a little steam room. And all kinds of hijinks to be getting up in there as you soak into the lithium-infused uh, waters. And so after an afternoon soaking in lithium, it was a long drive back. But we shut down the bar on Christmas Eve, which sounds like some kind of song by Tom Waits. Or perhaps the Pogues. But along the way, we met all these great characters there in uh, in Nelson. And including one cat named Omaha. That's Omaha with an X. And he says, well, you know, I don't want to brag, but I'm one of the top five harp players in the world. And so I said, well... We'd best hear your harp playing. And not only was he a fantastic harp player, he was also a great hash man. And so Omaha, I'm thinking of him right now because that's his uh, tasty, uh, kootenai-grown, kootenai-made hash that brought back and just finished off after several big uh, vaporizer bags. After a couple of cushions, we had to go for uh, grapefruits, a bag of grapefruit, to get me uh, back back in action. So we met all these great characters partying down throughout the holidays, and then Christmas morn, uh, while I guess most folks were spending time with their family, sort of, I'm prompted, got up and said, well, let's drive up to the Kokanee Glacier. Then getting up to the Kokanee Glacier Road, realized, you know, getting stuck on Christmas in our relatively non-mighty vehicle would be a really difficult situation. We'd have to be asking a big favor of someone to haul a stupid, uh, <laughs> a stupid ass out of there. So instead, we made a great decision and we found the ferry that goes across Kootenay Lake. And there we went aboard the ferry, and it's a free ferry, and it's the longest free ferry in North America. And in this lake, it looks like the fjords in Norway, right? In fact, the mountains around there, they call them Valhalla, the Nordic palace, uh, the gods or something. But these mountains are just, you know, beaming up, and it's Christmas, blue patches all over the sky is beaming in, glinting off all the glaciers. On this enormous lake, we hop on this ferry. There's four cars, a truck, and us. The little coffee shops closed as I bound around the docks. Made a little video to document my experience there. And tell everyone how grateful I am that... Uh, <laughs> well, you'll just have to see it. But, uh, you know, I love boats. And I love trains. I love being on the go. And I love uh, um, when it all comes together just right. And it's just when you least expect it. So we got off the ferry and realized, you know, we kind of left without getting any water or any... Snacks after, although we had a place full of food, uh, didn't really prepare. We just kind of impromptu, right? And so we're like, well, let's drive up the road and see uh, see what we can find. And uh, driving up, we see the sign for the Ashram or the Kootenay Forge or you know these little small enclaves where there's a few trailers or a couple little shops. And and uh, but not you know, of course, it's real quiet because it's noon on Christmas. <laughs> And uh, find a little gas station, and he's open. We pull in, all right, go on in, and, hey, you know, and wife's, well, you know, you staying open today. Well, nothing else to do. Figure him out as well. It's like, you got coffee? Well, I'll put a pot on. Put on a pot of coffee, and it's one of these little stores where there's 
you know, three shelves, but only half of one is filled, and that was with six kinds of rolling papers. Down these other shelves, there was like a can of soup, a box of Jello. But there was a couple of muffins there. Thought I should probably purchase something and get a few beverages. Got a cup of coffee, but we ended up hanging out there for half an hour, uh, catching up with a guy and learning all about his backstory and and about the region. Another old timer came in and. And we asked if you were get, having turkey dinner. And I know, nah, I just have a hamburger like any other night. And a lot of motorists told us about the motorcyclists that like to roll through that area. And uh, and so we asked them, how about this lighthouse? We're bound to this lighthouse. And they're like, well, you know, in all the years living there, I've never been out there. But it's even though it's so close, I guess it just never really occurred to them. To, so that's where we were bound. We went up this snowy road. And it was just getting to be the point where it's just like, well, this is some pretty dodgy snow. Have we got to chain up? But we uh, beat it on down the line, get parked, hoof it, uh, you know, about a kilometer bit of hill, or maybe less, but it felt pretty far because uphill in the snow, trudging up like uh, like in Dr. Zhivago or something, trudging up through the snow and uh, crest over this little hill. And there's this three-story lighthouse beaming all over the... Well, it's not beaming as in... Because uh, it's decommissioned, but it's, it's uh, beaming in my eye anyway uh, on this beautiful uh, vantage point over Kootenai Lake. And uh, so, of course, I brought a tall can with me, cracked a tall can, and uh, locked it into my beer drinking record because it's important to denote all the things. And had a little hoot of Omaha's hash. Went, Woohoo! We went over and carousing around the lighthouse, found the door was open. I don't know, I suppose it's just volunteer run, and no one's, it's pretty remote, no one's going to mess with it much. But we clambered up one story, two stories, three stories up to the top of the lighthouse. Then I went out on the ledge. And just gazed upon the mightiness of that lake. Oh, I tell you what, it was pretty neat. And you can't help but feel all the history of the area when you're bouncing around these old places, you know. The town of Nelson has been around there for quite some time. But there's all these little places that have turned into a wide spot on the road or a decommissioned lighthouse or a few funky old shacks. They're kind of, you know, you know, were the beacons for homesteaders of all kinds and back to the landers and refugees and... Um, all kinds of characters, right? But um, even before that, these areas could have been boom towns and towns of tens of thousands that could come and go so quickly. And as we met some more of these characters in time, met this old guy who had moved uh, from uh, England in 1962, and he wouldn't tell us why, but he settled in this town because he was from England and had buck teeth. People were always putting on him, so he just became the toughest guy in Nelson. And while I was talking to him, we're there in this bar, and the bouncer's trying to throw off, uh, throw out this kid who's gotten out of hand. And my dang, doesn't Mr. Bailey just jump up, old gray-haired, retired Mr. Bailey, jump up and help the bar, the bouncer rough this kid up and get haul him out? He's a good old salt of the lander, and he's quite a character, to be sure. And he still felt like an outsider, even though he lived there for 40-some-odd years. But that's the thing about these uh, towns. You know, Nelson has this great kind of family spirit, this community feel. But I don't know, man, going there as an outsider, I wonder how it'd be settling in there. Well, to be sure, they have a great brewery there, and I sampled all their beverages uh, liberally, particularly the face plant, which i got to say you got to be uh, careful after a few or else you're going to uh, do exactly that. I also uh, went and searched for the oatmeal stout on draft. I just got it from a bottle because everyone who's pouring the stout is now pouring the seasonal face plant, and pardon the beer geekery, but it's important to point out that they also have a harvest ale, a hemp harvest ale, uh, that's going to start to be bottled. They're going to start bottling that next year. So if you enjoy a hemp ale, uh, there you go. Um, now, my other question, Nelson, before I uh, pack it up here, 
this we met Chile, I gotta tell you, uh, is uh, the the draft dodger statue. Now, uh, there was plans in the early 2000, 2002, 2004 to make a uh, statue to commemorate all the draft dodgers. This is the welcoming spirit of the Canadians welcoming the do- draft dodgers, right? Because there was, uh, you know, Nelson and all these towns are quite close to the U.S. border. They're just significantly uh, east uh, here in Vancouver, about nine hours by, uh, by car with decent conditions uh, and a good pace and only stopping for pie once. Um, but... Uh, there's, so there's a lot of draft dodgers because all this mountainous area and all kinds of woods and it's really easy. And culturally, these people kind of hang out more with the people of Spokane and so on, like their baseball leagues or their hockey leagues or whatever. But anyway, there's a controversy about this trophy and uh, the statue because uh, there's a lot of people who have animosity about the, the draft dodgers during the Vietnam War era. But uh, there's a lot of people who went back when Jimmy Carter declared amnesty. But there's a lot of people who stayed in the B.C. area um, especially up there in the in the Kootenays, uh, who had been draft dodgers, and then during this latest uh, uh, Iraq uh, incident, um, there's a lot of young uh, people uh, who are going through a similar situation where that have been sheltered and and harbored in in Nelson by different communities, or even out in Ontario by different uh, pacifist religious communities, and so on. So, uh, but there's so there's some, some controversy, and they said, ah, oh, we don't, you know, we're going to boycott, we're going to make this big stink. And so finally Nelson, about 2006, said, you know, I don't think we're prepared to take the risk to do this, to make this statement. So the town of Castlegar there's, uh, the, uh, was settled by the Dukabors. Now, the Dukabors are a pacifist Christian sect of Ether, uh, from, from Russia. I don't know if they're Eastern Orthodox, but there's some kind of pacifist Christian sect, I'm maybe like the Mennonites or the Hutterites. Uh, and, um, but they immigrated from Russia. They burnt their weapons. The story is they burnt their weapons and left Russia and went to a land where they would never have to fight. And they came to B.C. in this part of Castlegar and Grand Forks in this region. They settled, you know, I'll tell you, it totally looks like Russia if you were to imagine Russia in the movies, right? Like big uh, windswept dunes of snow. And there's a little Dukabor village. So I went to check out to see if I could find the statue. Because this town of Dukabor, the, the Dukabor town of Castlegar, the Dukabor Museum in Castlegar or something, said, we'll take the statue. So we went out there to try and find it. And there was a little village, um, but it was only, it was closed. And, you know, right, we're right in the midst of the festive period, right? So, um, but I noticed that they have a statue of Tolstoy on the land there. And then we found another little museum, which likely houses, houses the statue in question. And that is, uh, it was closed for, again, for the holidays. So it's going to be another trip to figure out where those statues are and really what the backstory is that caused the political pressure to kind of take that away. So, oh, well, it looks like I'm spilling my beer. So that means, that means you're done. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, all I can say is I wish every night that you spend this year can be half as beautiful as this one. And uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm proud to take you along in my little adventures in back pocket, and it makes me very happy that you choose to come along. So this one, as many of them are, is to you. You've been shooting along with Uncle Wee's Wild Hikes. Alright, male heads, are you ready for Savage Blade?